You know, I was praying, and uh, as Tanya was talking and praying there, I was thinking about, how many like uh, sports events? People go to sports events? I know Jesse does. When you get there, do you just sit there like this? Twiddling, twiddling, twiddling? No, I mean, you, yeah! Right? How many like race car stuff, right? Both of you? Okay. That's good. That's good. But what I'm getting at is this, is that, you know what? We get excited about things that, you know, don't live fast today, does it? You know, it's, it's nice to win and it's, it's nice to be a part of things and all that. But, you know, sometimes you don't always win. But I want to tell you what, when we're in Christ, we are winners. Amen. Amen. So I want you guys to feel free. You know what? This is your home. This is where God's called you. I want you guys to enjoy. And we're going we're gonna to praise the Lord uh, openly. And as we, we preach and teach, man, it don't hurt my feelings if you got an amen somewhere, okay? Amen. That's what I'm talking about. That was good. Boy, Chuck, you was in there, baby. He's ready. But today we're talking about from the heart of God. And I'm going to tell you on the end how this message came about. I, I, it's, it's really amazing that God is so gracious uh, to each and every one of us. But I want to talk a little bit about today about some powerful foundational truths from the heart of God. Amen? Amen? That's what I'm talking about. We're really going to be looking at three things. If you got your hand out, we're going to be talking about God's law, our faith, and his amazing grace. And I want to take these truths, and, and, and I pray that they fall, like Tanya pray, prayed a minute ago, that they fall on good ground of our heart. So they get in our hearts and in our minds, because when we get grounded in the truth, what happens next? The truth sets us free. Amen? We've been set free, and we're going to see that because there is freedom in Christ. And I pray today that we'll know exactly where we stand with God. Amen? And we'll know exactly what God has done for us. And we know, and we'll need to know when we leave here today, I pray that this is my prayer right now, that we, whatever the response is, that we respond what God has us to do as a church and as individuals. And I was just thinking about that when I was writing that down last night. I want to know what, what God has for us as a church as well as individuals. Amen? So, you know, be listening and, and, and looking for what God has for us today. And, and here's something, you know, a lot of the stuff that, that I share is things that happen during the week. And there's all types of things when you're dealing with people that happen during the week. And, and I'm a people person. I got to jump right in the middle. I just love that. And, uh, you know, it takes some time, doesn't it, when you invest in people's life. But I'm going to tell you what, when you invest in people's life through the power of Christ, you see transformation in those lives. Amen. That's what it's all about. That's what those relationships are about, that we are getting the, the, the privilege to point people to Christ. And um, one of the things is, as we, we study today and talk a little bit, is, you know, a lot of times when I talk to people in general, when we talk about being saved, a lot of people don't understand what that means. And so I want to make sure that everybody who comes through this door understands what that means, that we've been rescued out of hell by what Jesus Christ has done for us, that he paid the price for our sin, right? And when we call on the name of the Lord Jesus, he says, you know what, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, that we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Now, you know, we hear that a lot of times, but I never want to take for granted that we go, yeah, I'm saved. I, I've, I've been to church. No, it's about a personal relationship. So I want you to listen with that mindset going on today. And I want you guys to understand this. This really brought that conversation up. Why we do what we do. Do you have any idea why every week that we give people opportunity to give their life to Christ? Because it's urgent. Because that's where it starts. See, you know, a lot of times when I talk to people, I, I ask them this, and I'm not talking bad about anything or anywhere, but I'm going to tell you what, this is very, very important. This is one of the most important things there is. This is why we do what we do. My question would be this. If I went with you to church, and I sat there, and it's the only time I'm going to church, right? And I'm listening to the whole message. When I got ready to leave, what I know what it takes to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and what I have an opportunity to respond. 
That's real important. Because I believe, as I look at statistics and I talk to people and things, that they hear a lot of cool messages, but I don't think it has any root to a lot of them. And because the root of it is Jesus Christ, amen? Because all those promises are not for you if you're not in Christ. That's why we do what we do. Now, if you're here each week and, and we take that time and you're saved, you know what I pray you're doing during that time? That you're praying for the person beside you or somebody that you invited. Because we want to make sure that they know that there's only one way to heaven and it's through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So that's why we do what we do. It's not just something we tack on at the end. If God says, tell us right now, let's do it. Matter of fact, you heard the gospel message before I even, even opened up the paperwork here today. That that's what it takes to have a, a relationship with God. To be in right relationship with the Lord is to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? And so I just wanted to make sure that you understand the foundations of what the gospel message is. The good news. I want you to make sure that you understand that's what we stand for here. That's what we're talking about here. So when they say, well, what do what they preach? They preach Jesus. That's what they preach. They're talking about the death, burial, resurrection as we go into this time of year to celebrate that. But I pray that everybody comes through here. They celebrate that daily because we serve a living God. This is where y'all supposed to be going. Amen. Amen. Yes, that's what I'm talking about because we've got a lot to be thankful for. So with that being uh, put out on the table and, and setting it up that way, I want to know that we have an urgency to tell people about Christ, not just here, but outside the walls. Amen. That is a huge deal. That's what it's all about. So with those three things that we talked about, the law, faith, and grace, I'm going to jump on in. And that's kind of where our outline is starting. And everybody said, Amen. 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 All right. Well, let's take a look at this. Why was the law given? Now, when I'm talking about the law, I want to, I want to make sure everybody knows what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Ten Commandments, okay? If you look in your Bible in Exodus chapter 20, the Ten Commandments are what God gave Moses on, the Mount, on Mount Sinai, okay? You guys are familiar with this story, but I want to make sure if you need an address for that, it's in Exodus chapter 20 in your Bibles. And you know what I do a lot of times is when I was doing youth and different things, I would say, hey, you know what? Got a little game here. And I'd say, I'll give them 15 seconds. And I say, how many pizza places can you name? Let's just try it for fun. All right. Anybody just yell out a pizza place and start right now. How many? Okay, what do we got? Four, five, six? Okay, okay, okay. That's like five seconds. What do we have? Like like 20 pizza places? Okay. Okay, now let's do this here. I'm going to cut it down to about 10 seconds. How about football teams? Ready? Go. Somebody say kick a team, please. Warriors! Now listen, and they would be go, man, they would just be like this, you know, they said, yeah, we got it. What's next, Mr. Buddy? So I said, well, I'll give you five seconds for this, 10 seconds for this, 15 seconds for this. All right, I'm going to give you uh, 30 seconds. Tell me the Ten Commandments. That's about what I got then, too. Got a couple. Very good, very good. But you see what I'm saying, right? We know about all these things. We know about, uh, you know, who's playing where and who got traded. Right, Jess? <laughs> we know, you know, what number this guy is or this person, all these things. There's nothing wrong with that. But how much more life impacting is it to know what God's word says? Amen. So I just want to I just want us to, to look at that. If you're there and, and, and for the split second when I said it and you go, oh, I might want to 
want to spend some time in Exodus chapter 20. You know, just giving you that. But you know what? Thank God that we are under grace. Amen. And what I want to do today, I pray to build your momentum and what God has done in the grace of God. And when you leave here, you say, God loves me. Right? We got to make it personal. So that's what we're talking about. Why was the law given? And I want to I want to break this down a little bit here. This is from God's word. All right. You guys got to see that. OK. Galatians 3, 23 and 25 says this. Before the way of faith in Christ was available to us, we were placed under guard by the law. We were kept in protective custody, so to speak, until the way of faith was revealed. Jesus Christ. OK. Let me put it another way. This is Paul talking to the church of Galatia. All right. The, the law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. And now the way of faith has come. We no longer need the law as our guardian. You hear what I said? I didn't say we don't no longer need the Lord, uh, the law, excuse me. But we know it says that we no longer need the law as our guardian. Okay, I want to talk about that. So just keep that in mind. I wanted to jump in on there. So why was the law given? Take a look at this. By the law is the knowledge of sin. You with me? That's how we know about sin. Every man who is not under Christ or not in Christ is under the law. So if you don't know Jesus, you're under the law. And you've got to stand before God on judgment day. And guess what happens? We don't measure up to the law. Amen? That's a good place to say amen now. All right? So if there is no grace, there's, all there is left is law. Where there's no grace, all there is is law. Aren't you glad that we're under grace? Take a look at this. The law shows us God's righteous standards and brings the gavel down on us pronouncing us guilty before God. If that's all we got, and this is the, the charge, we're guilty because we can't keep them. But why was it given? What did he say? It was to keep us in protective custody, right? To, to be our guardian, to keep us on the path and looking towards Jesus. Amen? All right, let's take a look at this. Paul says this in Romans 7, 7. He said, the law brought me to my awareness of my sin. See, the law is good because it shows us that we need a Savior, right? In fact, it was the law that showed me my sin, and I would never have known that covenant is wrong if the law had not said, you should not covenant. You see, I'm just unpacking that right there. People say, oh, well, you know, that's a long time ago. That's the Old Testament, all that. Thank God for that. Because it's showing you how much you need Jesus today. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. Let me tell you something else why it's important. Psalm 19.7. You hear me talk about this a lot. The law of the Lord is perfect converting the soul. So the law is a good thing because it shows us our need for a Savior. See, there's people out there that think they don't need a Savior. They think, well, I'm not as bad as Buddy. I'm not as bad as George or Sally or whoever. But let me tell you, on Judgment Day, you're not going to be standing beside George and Sally or Buddy. You're going to be standing in front of God. And you know what? I know that I'm saved. Why? Not because I'm a pastor. Not because I'm Mr. Nice Guy or whatever or fill in the blanks or any of those things because I fall short. I'm saved, just like we said, by the blood of the Lamb and, and the word of our testimony. It's about what Jesus Christ has did. You know, so, so a lot of times we get all bound up in the law and we don't have to be under the law. We can be walking freely in grace. But the law was needed to show us our sin. You see how that works? I want to make sure we understand that. So now the law is no longer our guardian, but serves as a powerful purpose. So we see why it was necessary then and we see why it's necessary now. Amen. It was necessary then to protect us 
Because God was working things out at the right time to bring his son into this world, right? But now since Jesus has come, has came, right? We know that the law is still good because it shows us our sin. So when we understand we have sin, we need the Savior. Hope that, hope that went down good, all right? Everybody doing good? Good, good, good. But I got a few more things on that. Now look at this. And this is what the Lord gave me to start this whole thing off. And I'm going to share that on the end here. Uh, it says Galatians 3.11. So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scriptures say it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Okay? The reason I'm talking about this is I talk to so many folks and they're bound up where they've missed it. Instead of turning from the sin and stepping into the grace of God and allowing God to move in their life. See, the enemy wants to keep pulling you back under this and saying, you didn't do this. You can't do that. You don't measure up. But God says, you know what? You can do all things through Christ like we talked about last week. He said, I paid the price, right? Your sin debt. I fulfilled the law so that you can have eternal life. Now, let's take a look at this. There's two points that I want to to share with you before we go to the next slide. One, with the law, it reveals the nature and the will of God. So you see his righteousness and his holiness. He's perfect. And next, like I said before, I can't say it enough. It shows us our sinful nature and we cannot be made right by trying to keep the law. That's what the word says. So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scriptures say it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Everybody with me? So this is what I want to say right here. The law only condemns, it can't save. Only the blood of Christ redeems, all right? But it does point us to faith in Jesus. And that's what we need to be clinging to. We need to be clinging to the grace of God. See, when we understand that we, man, we had no chance without Jesus. When we had no way out without Jesus, guess what? That sacrifice means something then. Guess what? Our faith means something then. Now, I'm going to do a little bit of reading, and this was what was going on uh, in the chapter, third chapter of Galatians. What was happening, a lot of people were coming to the saving knowledge of Christ. You had the Jews and the Gentiles. And, and Paul was talking to them, and they, they heard the message. They heard about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, and they grabbed hold of that. But some of the Jewish folks were saying, yeah, that's good, but you still need to do all these things, too. All right? That's not what God says. And you're going to see what he says in his word. Amen. If you got your Bibles with you today, I want you to open that up to Galatians chapter 3. I'm going to read along here. Now, I want you guys to give you a little clue in here. Anytime I underline something or have something uh, in yellow or something like that, we're going to be talking about it. So keep an eye on what i got for you, okay? Here we go. All right. It says, let me ask you a question. This is Paul talking to the, the, the Galatian church, all right? Here we go. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be after starting your Christian lives in the Spirit? Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? You know, this, I, I just want to stop right here. I am not saying, I, I hope you all are understanding what I'm saying. The law is necessary to show us our sin. Okay, I'm not saying that it is not. I'm saying that it is. Okay, that just hit my heart. I want to make sure I'm, I'm driving at home, right? But what I want to do is show you that it's about the grace of God. I'm moving us forward, all right? So here we go. And this is what Paul says. He says, have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obeyed the law? Of course not. It is because you believe. 
the message you have heard. In the same way, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. And you remember what I said when I first started? A lot of people were not hearing the word. They're not hearing the message. Guess what? How are they going to believe if they don't know what the deal is? Can you imagine every week we come in here and man, I say, you know what? I'm so glad you guys came here. God loves you. This is going to tell you a lot of great things. All right. But never give you an opportunity to hear the pure form of the gospel message that Jesus Christ came and paid the price for our sin and that you need Jesus. Right. You need Jesus for the forgiveness of your sin. And he's the only way. Right. Can you imagine that you come here for 20 years and you serve and you give and all these things. And the day you die, you stand before the Lord and you go, yes, here I am. And he says, depart from me. I knew you not. You said, what are you talking about? I gave. I did. I stood in line. I, I, I hand out Bible tracts. He said, but you never believed me. You never put your faith and trust in me. Man, this is what gets my hair standing up on the back of my neck. That's why it's always important to share our faith. Amen. And God counted him as righteous because of his faith. That's why we do what we do. See, we can keep hearing a lot of good stories and a lot of good things and all these promises, but they're not for you if you haven't received Jesus Christ. Can you imagine? I don't think I said I was thinking about this, but can you imagine we have a party here? And I said, man, I'm glad everybody's here. It's going to be a great party and everything else. And, and don't forget the party's coming up. And one day you're going to be at the party and all this stuff and you leave. And you say, well, what time's the party? Well, where is the party? I never told you. We don't want that to happen. What I'm talking about is celebration. And we pass from this life into eternity. And there's two places. Either hell or heaven. And you know what? Each person that comes through this door, I pray, that make heaven their home by choosing the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? That's why we do what we do. That's why we always emphasize on that over and over and over. Don't ever get complacent with the gospel of Christ. I'm going to say it again. Don't ever get complacent with the gospel of Christ. That's what changes lives. Amen. I'm going to keep rolling here. Let me click the next one. Do a little bit more reading because this is how much emphasis Paul's putting on this. He said the real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. What's more, the scripture look forward to this time when God would declare the Gentiles to be righteous because of their faith. God proclaimed the good news to Abraham long ago when he said all nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ shared the same blessing that Abraham received because of his faith. But those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under a curse. For the scripture says, curse is anyone who does not observe and obey all the commands that are written in the book of God's law. If you break one, you broke them all. And there's no reset button. See, the reset button is in grace. God, I blew it. Help me. I'm turning from that, Lord. It's not, I'm going to do better next time. Lord, help me. Because you know what? In this stuff, this flesh, we come up short. But through the power of the Spirit that now lives in us as believers, we can do all things. Amen? Remember, grace has a reset button. Right. So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. Well, the scripture said it is through faith that as a righteous person has life. This, this way of faith is very different from the way of the law, which says, 
It's through obeying the law that a person has life. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law when, we, when he was hung on a cross. He took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. Y'all see that? He took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, Cursed is anyone who is hung on a tree. Though through Christ Jesus, God blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham. So that we are so that we that who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. I know it took us a little while to get through there, and some of it just seems like he's just pounding it down. But guess what? We need to have it pounded down, right? Because I want you to look at this. I don't know if you guys counted this. I went back, I was doing I was underlining things. Four times he says believe. Eight times he says have faith. And they go hand in hand. Twelve times in that little bit of scripture there, he says you've got to believe and have faith. You got to believe and have faith. You got to believe and have faith. You know what? So many people want to get there on their good works. And that's not happening, bro. That is not happening, friends. It's all about Jesus. So this is what I want you to hear on this, this chart right here. It's not what you do that saves you. It's what you believe and have faith in. Do you believe God and have faith in his son Jesus to save your soul? That's the deal. That's the message. I want you to hear this. It's not about behavior modification, right? I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. It's about a heart transformation. It's about putting our faith and trust in the finished work of the cross. That's why we build so much momentum and we think about what's coming up and we think about what we're going to uh, share in a resurrection day as we celebrate that in a couple weeks, man. Sunrise service and coming back in here. That's what it's all about. That's what us being saved is all about. That's what the good news of us telling everybody of what's going on. It's all, that's the, the pivot point. That is the deal. If he did not rise, we have nothing. But he is risen. Amen. And we have a living God, a living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. See, believing in Christ as our perfect sacrifices make all the difference. That's what it is. It's understanding his blood redeemed us from the curse. What did it do for us? It rescued us from hell and set us on a path of righteousness. Listen to this. By Christ and by Christ alone. So where is our faith? It's got to be in Jesus. Amen? Amen. So as we look at this, think about faith. I love this verse. I share it almost every time I speak. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. It says, by grace you have been saved through faith and not that of yourself. It is a gift to God, not of works least anyone should boast. Our faith should be contagious. It should be contagious. And we should always be able to give account of what we believe. Because I'll tell you what. You'll meet other people that believe something outside of this Bible here. And they'll know it. But you know what? It don't change your life. For eternity. Like I said, it's not behavior modification. It's life transformation. It's the, the intimacy with the Lord Jesus Christ. So it should be contagious to our workplace, to our family, to the nation, to wherever we are. We are that mirror of Christ when we come in. Amen. We should be. People say there's something different about that lady. There's something different about that man. It's not saying we're perfect, but we are being perfected. Right. In what Christ has done for us. Our salvation is secure. It's a done deal. He's not coming back again to die for my next week's sin. It has been purchased and done. That's the freedom I want you guys to walk in. That's what I want you to hear, right? So how is that impacting our life? How is that impacting our neighbors? 
How is that impacting the nations? Amen? And not only that, how is it impacting our children? Let's bring it home a little closer. Take a look at this. Matthew 18.3. It says, this is Jesus talking. He said, then he said, I tell you the truth. Unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. See, by nature, children are very trusting, aren't they? If you tell them, hey, we're not going to do that, okay. All right? That's what he's talking about. Get all the junk out of your trunk and believe me, okay? That's why it's so important to train them up early, to set that foundation for them, to bring them to church, right? Let them hear what's going on. Let them see what's going on. Because I want to give you this right here. This is what the deal is when they have a foundation of Jesus Christ. That's the anchor for their soul. That's the anchor for the soul. When you're dead and gone, are they going to remember? Mom always said, just keep, keep faith. Keep, keep trusting. What legacy are you leaving? You know, when we look at a grandmother's life, what do we see? Is she praying over them babies? Do we have that? And you say, well, I didn't have that. You know what? It could start with you. It could start with you right now. So it's not the world who will teach your children about God. It needs to be us. Amen? It needs to be us. It's the parent's responsibility to point them to Christ. And nurture them in the word of God. So we need to bring them to church. Right? We need to buy them a Bible. I thought about this last night. We need to buy them a Bible, right? Because you know you're going to spend $50 on a, on a video game, right? And I've never heard anybody to this day say they got carpal tunnel for reading the, the Bible. Amen? <laughs> you know what I mean? You might be working at PlayStation or Xbox and all those things. And man, I, oh, I can't cut the grass. <laughs> well, we're going to pray for a healing. Because you won't cut the grass, right? But what I want you to see is, do you see the investment? And this was so cool while I was looking up this verse. I kind of got, room, I, I, my days were out of whack on my, my studying this week. And so I had to share the jam room, which is my prayer hut with my big boy. So I was in his room. And God even used that. So I was sitting there and I was praying and I was looking up this verse. And I started thinking about something. I started thinking about the family. And I started thinking about what God has done. This is cool. And I thought, man, isn't that amazing? To see, you know, how different things along the way, grandparents and great-grandparents can make an impact on their children's life. Amen. So when I went to look up this verse, I was in Thomas's room. Guess what I did? I grabbed one of his Bibles. And I said, boy, isn't that perfect? Yeah. Isn't that cool? Man. Now, I'm going to tell you about that. That Bible. You said, well, it's a Bible. Yeah. Let me tell you. In 2000, their great-grandmother bought all of them Bibles. Thomas would have been like nine. Wade, I think, would have been like seven, five. Jesse, Heather would have been five. You would have been one. Jess, and then Mitchell, I think you would have been six months old. It wasn't too early for Granny to get good news out. Amen. That's cool. That's cool. Guess what? Every one of them say. Every one of them in church. Now, I'm not telling you because you buy your grandbaby a Bible that they'll get saved. But I can tell you one thing. You can give them a legacy. And you can start them on a great foundation. Amen? And I thought about that. It says, Thomas from Granny, 2000. Christmas 2000. What a better gift. What a better gift. What a better gift. But you know what? A lot of times we worry about, well, I don't know if we got the, the latest Barbie doll. I don't know if we got the latest bicycle or the latest this or latest that. I'm going to tell you what, friends. When, when God showed me that, when I was looking for that scripture about children, man, I just went, wow. Man, amen. What you got, David? That's powerful. 
Tell me about it. I want you to tell me about it. That wasn't planned. That's God moving right there. That's God moving saying, you know what? I've seen that. You know, it's not just in my family. It's in his family. It could be in your family. That's what I'm talking about. And you say, like I said a minute ago, you might say, well, my, my grandparents have moved on. Or my mom and dad didn't believe. It can start right here with you. It can start right here with you. But I want you guys to know, the window of opportunity moves so quick, doesn't it? It just moves so quick. I was at the mall the other day. And uh, I saw a buddy I hadn't seen him. He goes, oh, is that your son who plays drums? I said, no, he's 20. This one plays the trumpet. He's 12. He goes, wow, where have I been? Isn't that something? But you know, you can have a good time. You can have a good time. It made me think of one thing. But I'm going to talk about Granny for just a minute. God bless her, man. We miss her. But I tell you what, what a legacy she left. See, I'd go a lot of times. And I'd go, and uh, this is Denise's grandma. But I still call her Granny because she was my Granny too. And I'd go, and we'd go, and I'd say, I'm going to go get some gas. I'd be gone for two hours, right? And I couldn't help myself. I'd go in and start getting dark, and I said, I think I'm going to go see Granny. So I'd always call. I didn't want to scare her. But you know how I am. I got to mess with her, right? We had a great relationship. I said, uh, yes, ma'am? I said, hello? I said, yeah, I called in a pizza about 30 minutes ago, and it's not here yet. And uh, <laughs> she said, she'd be going, what? You've got the wrong number. I said, oh, no, ma'am. I need to talk to your boss right now. Now, look. I want to know what's going on. I called in a pizza 30 minutes ago. And she, you have got my lands. That's what she said. You have got the wrong number. I said, well, I'm going to tell you what. If I, if I'm, I'm never going to buy pizza there again. She said, is this that buddy Chapman? You get me every time. And you know what? I come over there and we talk about all types of things, man. See, I enjoyed that relationship. I enjoyed that relationship. And we would share things about when she was a little girl. And she told me about when she got saved. She said it was a, it was a hot Summer night. It was an evening down at Trinity. I'll never forget. She was telling me I was like on the edge of the couch. And she said, man, they had an altar call. She'd come right on up there. And what happens if they didn't do an altar call? I don't know. I pray she would have another opportunity. What happens if we didn't do an altar call? And you went out here and something happened. We don't want that. We will make sure that right there is what we get. Each opportunity to share Jesus Christ with the world. It's urgent. It's urgent. It's urgent. So you know what? It was urgent for our great-grandmother. It's urgent from the day one. We're going to learn more about that as we follow along. And on this movie Tuesday night, you're talking about the foundations and, and where it started at. Way back where the Plymouth Rock is that where he's going. And, and, it, and it's a documentary of how when, the, when they came over to this country, how things were founded on the Lord Jesus Christ. Look where we're at now. I'm going to tell you what. You can make a difference. You can make a difference. You can tell your kids about the grace of God, the love of God. And better yet, you can show them. Amen? You can show them. That's what I hope. That each one of the folks that come through here see and hear. All right. Now I want to get to this. I want to just. I want. To, I want to hit a couple of things. What I was talking about in faith here. I put down trusting and believing God's word. Trusting in His sacrifice. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews chapter eleven one. What are you putting your faith and trust in? Let's take a look at this. Romans five. I've got a little more reading. I want to share with you. It says therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by what? Faith. faith. 
We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. I want you to take that home with you today. I want you to understand this by putting our faith and trust in him and what he's done. This whole message is to build momentum in your heart to bring you to a point of decision to say, I need Jesus. That's why we preach what we do. You need to know you need Jesus every day, every minute of the day. That's what I'm talking about here. And it goes on to say, it says, because our faith, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into a place of undeserved privilege. You can just call that grace. Amen. All right. Where now we stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Are you confident in Christ today? I pray everybody comes in and they go, are we confident in Christ? Not in our own strength, not in our own things, but what he did. Fully confident in Christ. And that's what people say. Well, man, you, you know, everybody's not wired like you and everything like this. Hey, when I get up here, I'm not, I'm not talking from Buddy Tama. I'm saying, Lord, hide me behind you. Lord, make this so much more than what, what I could ever do. Because I want them to see you. I want them to see your best because I love these people, Lord. I want them to know. I want them to know. So I want to tell you, this is your word anchor, guys. Every week I give you a word anchor or two, right? Romans 5, 8 says this. It says, but, you can write this down in your Bibles or, or, or on your notes or whatever. Romans 5, it says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while when we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies. And believe it or not, you were an enemy of God before you came to the saving knowledge of God. Amen. But he's, he's laying that out for you. Remember I said his grace is pursuing us. His love is pursuing us. And it goes on to say, it says, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in the wonderful new relationship with God because of our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Does that just grab you by your heart, strength? Now, you know what? A lot of times this message right here, this message has been around for many a year. It's the best message there is. It's a life-changing message. It's the only message it is, right? And then this is the entry point, and then God's got more for you. He's just a too-much God, you know? He's got so much for you. It'd be one thing if we just got saved. That's awesome. But you know what? He wants you well, right? He wants us to be able to use his word. He wants you to be his hand, his feet, right? He wants you to be a mirror of Christ. So what happens? We need to spend time in his word. We need to be walking in the fullness of God. How do we do that? Spending time with God. Spending prayer with God. Talking about the things of God. Amen? But you know what? It's all because of his amazing grace. I heard a friend of mine share this a while back. I don't know where he got it from, but I love it. And I'm going to share it with you right now. When we're talking about grace, he breaks it down like this. God's riches at Christ's expense. You know what that reminds me? Uh, it reminds me of the gift of God. It reminds me of the cost, what it costs God. And it reminds me of the love of God. So people should see you, they should see the love of God in you. People should see the grace of God flowing from you. And you know what? There's some days that it's a little bit better flow than others. Sometimes it's just a trickle. But you know what? Get back in the flow with God and allow him to use your life and work in your life in a mighty way. So I pray today that the Holy Spirit reveals this truth to you of the gospel message. See, when I hear things and I talk to people and, and, and stuff and, and, and they don't know, it hurts my heart. Because, you know, this time and age, there's, there's, there's no reason people can't know. You know, through the apps like what Tim made, Bible everywhere you can find, all types of translations, big print, small print, whatever. If we would just take time to crack it open 
and look into the truth of God's word. Amen. And that's the day I pray that this message transforms the hearts and our actions to be that mirror of Christ. Wherever we go, starting with you, then your family, then your workplace, maybe your neighbor, wherever it is. But man, to be that light in the darkness. So the challenge is this. Are we going to be moldable by Christ? Are we going to be shackled by the law that said it didn't do us any good as far as walking out our salvation? It does us a great deal of good to understand we have a sin problem. And I'm thankful for that. And it does a great job of showing us that we need to, to, to come to Christ. But now we're in grace. Amen? And you know what? We need to love on people just like God loves on us. We need to forgive people just like God forgives us. Now that's kind of tough. And I guarantee you, you can't do it on your own. But through the power of God and through the power of prayer and through the Spirit of God living in us, it is possible. Amen? That's what it's all about. Because what you don't realize a lot of times is when we're, when we're holding in this unforgiveness, it's just working against you. This person over here might not even realize it. And your blood pressure is about to blow off the top. You know, it really is. I don't know why they did this. I don't know why they probably haven't even thought about it. But you know what? If we can turn around and say, you know, Lord, I don't understand this. I'm going to allow you to work it out. And Lord, work through me first. And maybe I can make a difference in this situation. And you watch how God will take his grace and transform our lives. And it'll get on somebody else. Remember I said our faith ought to be contagious? It ought to be contagious. It ought to be, man, what is, I've had people, I've had people tell me this. I know you believe what you believe. And I'm not so sure that I believe it. But I know you do. Well, that's all right. That's a good starting point. And then they say, so what do you believe? And I tell them. And they start coming around. They're coming around. This week, it was Monday. And I was at work. And I walked out back. Start seeing a song coming up, and I said, Lord, help me to see what you see today. You know what he told me? Immediately went to my heart. Bam! He said, You need to look in the mirror first. What do you mean, look in the mirror first? What he was telling me, it starts with me. For me looking for him inside of me. And then I will see what he sees through his eyes. And that's pretty good. God's working at 615. You know, he don't take a break. Amen. And I thought, wow, okay, Lord, okay, I know you showed me this in my life. I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to keep working. And then I had a truck driver come in. I offload a lot of different trucks and different chemicals and different things like that. And I met this man the second time I only met him. And I talked to him, and I'm out there on the back of this truck for about 45 minutes. And he begins to tell me about his life. And he begins to tell me about his sister-in-law that, uh, that had cancer, and she beat cancer, and now she's got cancer again. And his wife's really concerned about that. And before I could say anything about what I believe or where I go or what I do or anything else, he took his helmet off. He put his arm. He said, will you pray for my sister-in-law? I said, yeah, I will. I didn't have to have a flag. I just had to have my eyes open to what God was doing. And I was just listening. I was just listening. And I was just trying to be there for the guy. And you know what? He said, I told my wife that we prayed and we're standing in agreement that she's going to be all right. That's powerful stuff. You know, each week I said, hey, man, let's, let's look for what's going on with God. How's God going to use everything else? All I did is say, I just want to see what you see today. And he blessed me with that opportunity 
See, that's a privilege. That's an opportunity for us to share about God's goodness and about his grace. So if you're here today and you've never asked the Lord to come into your life, today's the day. Today's the day. You're not here by accident. I say that every week. I want you to remember about his amazing grace that we are secure in Christ. I want you to say, I'm secure in Christ. Let me hear you. I'm secure in Christ. There's something freeing about that when we see that. When we start seeing about what he has done for us. And as we come in to this time of the resurrection that we celebrate that here. Don't just wait for two more weeks. Start it today. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. Close your eyes. And Father, I do thank you for your message. And I thank you so much, Lord, that your grace is amazing. That we see it as God's riches at Christ's expense. It costs you everything for us to receive it. So if you're here today and you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life and wash your sins away, I want you to hear this message from the heart of God to the heart of man. He loves you. He sent his son for you. And while we were yet his enemies and sinners, Christ died for us. Today, if you've never asked the Lord to come into your life, it's this simple. That doesn't mean it's cheap. It costs God everything. Salvation is on your tongue and on your heart. He said when you believe and when you confess, the Lord Jesus is the Son of God and paid the price, you will be saved. If that's your prayer today, pray it from your heart. Don't leave here today without asking a little bit more about that. We want to agree with you in prayer. Come along. If there's any questions about that, we'll be here as long as you need us. And if you're here today and you say, man, you know, buddy, that was really freeing. You're telling me about the grace of God. And I'm telling you this. God didn't free you to live the way you want. You've been bought and you've been purchased. You're God's now. And we need to live a life that's going to reflect him. And I know that many times we fall short. I got a mirror. I fall short. But I'm not going to quit. I'm going to crawl back up. I'm going to ask for forgiveness. And we're going to keep pressing on. We're going to share the good news of Jesus Christ. So, Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for each one here. And I thank you for the privilege to be called your child. In Jesus' mighty name.